Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate your continued patronage. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. If you are a returning listener, thank you again for lending me your ears. It is greatly appreciated, much appreciated as a matter of fact. Before we get things started, if you guys have any questions, concerns, criticisms, counterpoints or business inquiries, collaborations, anything of the sort, uh, please feel free to email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. That is whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. Our Instagram page, you can follow, you can leave direct messages on that page, leave comments, etc., etc., the uh, Instagram page is Whose World Is This 2021. That is Whose World Is This 2021. So that's our Instagram page. If you want to leave a cash app, please feel free. Dollar sign, the dollar sign, J U N B E A U. That is dollar sign June Bow. Our Venmo is just June Bow without the dollar sign. So it's J U N B E A U. Uh, thank you guys again for purchasing our. Uh, Books from our sponsor at ChavezHouse.com. That's Chavez with an S, C-H-A-V-E-S, House.com. Much appreciated. Thank you guys for that. Um, like I said, pick up that journal. Pick up the gratitude journal. Pick up the, uh, the how to successfully self-publish blueprint. All of this stuff is super important if you're looking to publish anything. If you're looking for... Uh, any sort of uh, leverage in the marketplace to add credentials to whatever profession that you're in, or if you just want to do a legacy text where you want to leave something on for the next generation, if you want to do a cookbook or you know a short story or anything, a children's book, whatever it is, this the the uh, success the how to self-publish success blueprint at ChavezHouse.com, published by ChavezHouse.com, can help you. I'm using it as we speak. Okay, definitely check it out. So what are we going to do today? Um, Last couple of episodes have been great. I've enjoyed them. Uh, like I, I'm laughing because I've had a lot of great conversations with some people, and um, it's uh, led to some very interesting inroads into some other arenas as far as some people who have been calling me um the the millennial conversation that i've been having over the last two episodes has brought about let's just say the conversations i'm having i enjoy them to the point where i almost feel as if i have to do interviews where the things that the things that were said to me and the the exchanges that I had are so robust that I feel as if that's almost a whole other kind of show. And if I don't do it, I'm hoping someone who thinks like me and can have a balanced conversation without being emotionally triggered or anything can have a conversation with, with millennials or, or, you know, cause I'm in that category too. I'm sort of a Gen X or millennial in that, in that sort of category. And because I've, I've, I travel so much. My friends are from all over. I go back to college. I take classes. So I'm constantly, I'm always talking to people from different demographics. I can have 
coffee with my professor as well as the students and, and, and my classmates and deans and I can go back and forth. So I, I represent a different, a, a, a sort of a unique intersection, you know, where um, my, the group that I socialize with are literally from about 20 something to about 60 something. That's my group that I socialize with. At any given moment, I can, yeah, I can get called today and it will be a 60-year-old a, a uh, business owner, you know, millionaire that's like, June, we need to talk, we need to hang out, we need to go watch the fight. Okay. And, and I'll get a text from some guys in their 20s or some people in their 20s like, yo, June, we need to go do this. All right, let me, let me see what I can do. So I'm constantly in this wave, in this, this place where it's not that I'm just interacting with people of different demographics and different age groups, et cetera, different uh, political stances. I, they're in my social circle. It's not just about interacting. These are people I break bread with. It's a totally different thing. People like to use the word interactions and say, oh, yeah, I interact with this one. I have a, a this kind of friend and I have that kind of friend. Do you break bread with that friend? Is that do you break bread or do you get invited to their house? Do you feel comfortable just just saying, hey, what you doing? Yo, I'm coming through. I'm going to bring a six pack and watch the game or watch. The Do you feel comfortable with that? And if the answer is no, then your interaction is cursory to it. You know, it's, it's a cursory interaction. Well, my interactions, I'm not bragging. This is not a flex, but that's just my reality is I'm I'm this. These are my social circles. So these people that I spoke with are in my social circles and some of them aren't some of some of people in my social circle invited some other people in that they felt could more effectively articulate their perspective. So it's almost like they said, you know what, I got somebody that can that can speak to you. I, I'm not really doing a great job of articulating this to you, June, and, and debating my point. And they brought someone else in. And that was an interesting conversation. Uh, and I said, you know what, this would make for a great uh, 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 dialogue in, in, you know, using it as, a, as maybe for a, on my platform or if they have a platform, I'll, I'd be happy to go on there and uh, stuff like that. So that's how important and that's how interesting that conversation was. Like I told you, I'm not I'm not purposefully looking to antagonize anyone in my audience. But I will, and but some of the things I say will be and will sound antagonistic, or it'll it'll at least be provocative, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay if some of the things I say fly in the face of someone's belief. It provokes them. They think I'm dead wrong. They think, oh well, June, we can agree to disagree, or it makes them feel a bit uncomfortable because it's 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 uh triggering some sort of dissonance there you know it's challenging their notions to to a basic to to almost its fundamental degree and people may not be comfortable with that They're like hey i like what i believe i don't feel like challenging it i got enough challenges in my life i don't feel like challenging the things that i don't want challenged so there's also that so you know it's interesting that um um these conversations are happening, and I'm happy. I'm happy. It's exactly why I did this, this, uh, this uh, long-form conversation. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, last week, I was having a conversation with a female friend of mine in her, uh, I would say, in her late 30s, maybe. And um, we, the, the conversation went to the whole U.S.-Russia thing, Ukraine. 
what's going on right now in 2022, uh, March of 2022, as I, as I, as I, um, as I am saying these things to you, you know, it's March 2022 in the United States, and she and I are having this conversation, and um, I was like, just happened to mention something. I think something came across her television screen while we were on the phone, and she said, man, such and such, there's a bombing at such and such city in Ukraine. I was like, yeah, and I remember my response was like, yeah, and she said, men, ugh, and I paused and looked at the phone because we were FaceTiming. And she said, men, ugh, and rolled her eyes. And I looked at her. And I said, what do you mean by that, men? She said, well, you know, men, you know, it's like, you know, women would never do this. Women would never go to bomb buildings and this, that, and the third, and et cetera, et cetera. Women, you know, and so it was this sort of rant about how if women were in these positions of power, then these things would not be occurring. That was the conversation. <laughs> And I said to her, okay. And then I said, well, let's take a second and talk about that. She said, okay. I said, well, who built those buildings? She said, what do you mean? I said, who, I said, forget about who built the buildings. Who designed those cities? She said, well, I guess men. I said, so wait, I said, so men designed those cities. She said, yeah, well, yeah, got men, you know. I said, so men were the civil engineers and the construction workers who built those buildings. And, I, and she said, yeah. I said, so the same men who build destroy. And she just looked at me. And I said, wise men build and wise men destroy. The same ambition, tenacity, tenacity imagination, fortuitedness fortitude that it took to build the building is the same kind of imagination that it takes to destroy that building so the missiles that destroyed it were built by the same minds that built the building to begin with so i said to her if behind every good man is a good woman behind every great man there's a great woman. What about the men that do things that we don't consider so great? Who was behind them? And she started laughing. And I said, no, we have to have this conversation. I said, because we're in the age now where the, one of the number one topics in our country is what? Diversity, inclusion, and equity. And equity, right? The conversation is about equality. But I said, equality is a very interesting thing. I said, equality is interesting. I said, um, equality means that we're partners. Equality means 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30 or whatever the case. You don't want 60-30. You don't like 70-40, but you want 50-50. When I enter into a business agreement with someone and we're in a 50-50 partnership, you know what that means? That means I uh, take advantage of the gains and I suffer the losses as well. I profit when the company is profitable and I take the losses when the company is not profitable, I take the hit. I take the liability as well. So I said 50%. I said equality means, and listen to me, guys. Listen, guys. I, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm bringing up this conversation is because it's important. 
It's important to what's going on in the world today, all across the world. The, the conversation between men and women and gender equity and equal and pay gaps, etc., etc. We have to have these conversations. They may seem uncomfortable. That's why I create the space to speak about them on my show. This show, you know what this show does? This show, um, I don't have to speak about it during dinners with cousins and family and in-laws or whatever else. I don't have in-laws yet, but I have sort of soon-to-be in-laws. Because I don't have to have this conversation with them at the dinner table. Why? Because I already have these conversations on this platform. So if anyone wants to know what I think, I'll just say, hey, go back to episode such and such. I spoke about that at length. So what did you say in that podcast? Like, I don't you know, just listen to it. Listen to it, download it, like it, love it, share it, whatever. You know, and after you listen in long form, then we can have a conversation. This is why I like this platform. So all of these uncomfortable conversations that people may feel uncomfortable having with their significant other or family members, colleagues, coworkers, you know, partners, etc. Have them here. Why not? So I said to this uh, friend, a female friend of mine, after she said men destroy things and etc. etc. I said, uh, and when I said that, I said, listen. I said, listen, for if behind every good man is a good woman, then who's behind every bad man? So, for, so behind every Albert Einstein, there's a good woman. So who's behind Adolf Hitler? Hmm? He had a mama too. Benito Mussolini. He had a mama too. Joseph Stalin. Vladimir Lenin. Siobhan Milosevic, Saddam Hussein. I'm just naming the people that we've that that are our that are our villains that we have all said are our villains, right? Okay. Regardless, some people may feel one way about Joseph Stalin and Vladimir Lenin and people like that. Okay, but like I said, people that we've established in the West as the villains to the West, right? So the Adolf Hitlers, the Saddam Husseins, they had mommies. Pol Pot had a mama like these men had mothers. So I said, if you're going to take credit for the great men, you're going to have to take credit as well for the not so great men, for the bad men, for the evil men. That's what equality looks like. <laughs> you profit when things are going great and you take the losses as well and you take accountability and ownership of those losses when things aren't going so well. You take ownership. Because isn't it that way? Isn't it funny how parents, let, let's take parents for instance, right? Let's say your child isn't doing well at school, right? You notice parents never blame themselves. Parents, when their child isn't doing well, what's wrong? What's wrong, Danny? What's wrong? What's wrong, uh, Liz? what's happening what's wrong with you right you, you you'll blame it on uh the curriculum you'll blame it on the teacher blame it on maybe outside influences or peer pressure in the classroom the teacher isn't doing their job there are plenty of parents i worked in education for a while i and i have educators in my family and the parents will go well i sent them to you this is your job okay figure it out i don't want to hear anything but guess what? I'm going to say something. And I'm speaking to men and I'm speaking to women. I'm speaking to men who have to hear this stuff. And I'm speaking to women to have a better perspective on things. You guys have always heard me say the zero to seven, how important it is. I always speak about zero to seven. 
zero to seven years of age from an in from your infancy to your seventh birthday. That is when human beings are in their theta state of hypnosis. That means your child from zero years old, a human being from zero to seven is just one big sponge, one big mega hard drive downloading life. That's all they're doing. Like the Jesuits said, and like the Aristotelians said, give me a child until it is seven and I will show you the man. That means much of who we are as adults was formed in the first seven to 10 years of our lives. That's when we're just downloading information. Everything is a song. Everything is being repeated. Make sure you say please. Make sure you say thank you. Make sure you say sorry. What do you say? What do you say? Call and response. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We're singing poetry. Our, how we learn our alphabet. Our, our A, E, I, O, U. Um, I before C, except that for all of these things. Dr. Seuss, Cat in the Hat. All we're using is songs, repetitions, poetry, rhyme, repeat, rhyme and repeat. And the mother is whom in this process? Who is the mother? The mother is who? The first teacher, the first cook, the first nurse, the first counselor. So in the most important time in a child's life, you have unadulterated access. You have full access to this child. You have full autonomy over this child. This child looks at you and you're their first teacher their first love, the first woman that a boy ever loves is his mommy. The first time he looks up, that's mommy. When he smiles and looks at her and she gets the look from that child that no one else can get. It's a smile that no one else can get. No one else can console this child. This child is crying, it's colicky, and all of a sudden the mama picks it up, puts that child next to her breast, and that child goes, ah. Mommy, a child's first love and a child's first teacher is his mother, its mother. So when this person said men, I said men come from women. It takes two to conceive. And if you do it right, most times it takes two to parent, not just to conceive, but to actually parent this child. But it takes two to conceive, man and a woman. So if this child doesn't do well, hmm? You're not going to take any um, responsibility for that because you're, you're going to take all the all the accolades and the acclaim when this child does well and they win a Super Bowl or an MVP or a Grammy or graduate college, high school, win the spelling bee, soccer. It's, hey, I'd like to thank my mom and et cetera, et cetera. What happens? And you go, oh, you're, and everyone's patting you on the back. You're such a great parent. You're such a great. But what happened when that child becomes a juvenile delinquent? What happened when that child steals its first candy bar and then first pair of sneakers and then first car? And now you're in front of the judge. And everyone's looking at the kid going, hey, what's wrong with you? Don't you see your mother loves you? She's right here. No one thinks about maybe the flaws in their parenting style as a reason as to why this child is acting up. Something that you're not doing right, because after all, you had zero to seven years of unmitigate of, 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 of full on access to this child. And you're the first teacher, the first love, the first chef, the first everything. So if this child and you had access to this child for, for how many years straight, almost with no other influences, hardly 
and um, this child doesn't turn out to be a great person doing great things. And they actually turn out to be a, a person doing very bad things. Abhorrent behavior, delinquent behavior, repugnant behavior. You're going to have to take credit for that too. If you're going to take credit for Albert Einstein, you have to take credit for Adolf Hitler. Hmm? And that conversation, she, and if you guys want to know what was she saying, she was just like, yeah, I never thought about it that way. I said, I know. I know. I said, you got to take what, the, same, the same discoverers of electricity, the Thomas A. Edison's, you also have to, you get an Oppenheimer and you get your, your, your atom bomb. You have your Edison and your Oppenheimer. It works hand in hand. You love your electricity, but you don't want any sort of energy being used for nuclear energy that's going to destroy the birds, the bees, the trees, the leaves, and the breeze, and the babies. I know. But wise men build, and wise men destroy. Wise men pasteurize, Louis Pasteur, and then they create sarin gas. <laughs> you create cures, and you create biological weapons oftentimes with the same ingredients that you used for the cure of a particular disease. You weaponize it and you create a weapon to destroy people, not to save lives, but to destroy and kill people, destroy lives. Wise men build, wise men destroy. She didn't like that. She said, I don't know why they have to destroy because that's what we do. That's what we do. We're, it, this, our, our, this, this species of ours is what we do. And these men all came out of a woman. These men were all on the breast of a woman that sang to them and, and, and read to them, etc. So we, women have to start taking credit for a lot of this stuff that they see that they don't like. Because here's some truths that are out there. Here's some truths, especially in the United States now that we're speaking about diversity and equity and what women want more. They want more the pay gap, the this, the that and the third. Seventy one percent of all college dropouts are men. OK. Fifty seven percent of the two million bachelor's degrees that were awarded in 2019 were for women, awarded to women. So the majority of the college graduates, the majority of the people that are going to be in the workplace that have college degrees are women. Men are fast. They're not completing college within four years. It's becoming increasingly difficult for them to graduate within four, and they're not graduating within six years. Who's graduating the most within six, four years? 60% of them are women. Men are taking longer and longer to graduate. By the time the man graduates, the woman already has two years worth of experience in that field not including her internship. Okay? That's one thing. The majority of the medical students right now in medical school are women. The majority of the law students right now in law school are women. And since 1984, the majority of the electorate who's actually gone to the polls and voted for the presidency of these United States, the majority has been women. So one could argue, 
when people keep talking about the state of the world and the state of affairs and the state of the United States and oh my gosh, you can't believe you voted for Bush one, can't believe you voted for Bush two, can't believe you voted for Clinton twice, can't believe you voted for Obama, then Trump and the, the majority, the Democrat, the, I'm sorry, the demographic that voted the most since 1984 is the female demographic. The female has been more responsible for who's in the White House than the male in this country. I could sit there and argue, hey, ladies, what's the problem? What are you girls doing? Women, roll my eyes. <sighs> what's going on? What you guys been up to? You guys been voting for these baffoons year every four years. Okay. Some more of a circus than than an actual election oftentimes. And you guys are the ones that are majoritatively voting increase. You, you guys are the majority vote. It's women. Women. Are the ones going to the polls more than men. Women are the ones who are graduating college at higher rates than men. Sometimes it's 50% women, 40% men. That's, that's a huge gap. That's going to have significant changes in the workplace and marketplace in coming years. I've already seen it over the last 10 years from 2012 till now. One could actually say even before then. So going into the next 10 years from 2020, because law school is only three years, um, and the law is the easiest way to change the law is to be a lawyer. Um, if you look at uh, how crimes are, 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 are designated, criminal acts, the laws, certain things, uh, it's lawyers that write these laws. Lawyers write, if you insurance lawyers write laws for insurance, it's, in, it's lobby, the lobbyists are lawyers. It doesn't matter what your lobby is. If it's the Amer American Medical Association, it's a doctor with a law degree. You know, it's a it's a it's a lawyer who has an extensive medical background. Uh, the insurance industry has lawyers out there on K Street out there in D.C. That's what they do. It, the lawyers run this country. Lawyers run America and it's lawyers. It's the D.A.s and the prosecutors that invariably can become councilmen and councilwomen and and and, and mayors and attorney generals. They shape how this country structures its laws and who what is criminalized and what is decriminalized what is emphasized and what is de-emphasized it's the law and if the majority of the people graduating law school in the next couple of years are women then women are going to increasingly be responsible for how this country feels and looks and acts and treats its citizens you want it you got it. Increasing equity means equity means you don't just share in the profits, you share in the losses. That's equity. That's equality. So that's very important. Extremely important because I wanted her to understand that every time she said, ah, and I know she wasn't ready for all those stats and everything like that. And she's a good friend of mine, but she was a good sport. But when she said, oh, men, I said, men, men come out of women. Men do not come to this earth from some parallel membrane 
They don't come here from spaceships like General Zod and come to Earth saying, hey, we are men and this is what it's going to be or not. Or we're going to, to you know, turn your, your, your planet into ashes and rubble if you do not do as we say. These men were breastfed by women. These men are products of a woman making a decision to bring a child to full term because it's her decision. She has ultimate autonomy over these decisions. And let's, let's call that what it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's another thing that no one wants to speak about, the autonomy that the mother or the woman has over that process. Once, you know, I'm going to keep it G-rated, but once the sperm leaves the man and enters into woman, your sperm becomes her property. At that moment, she can do with that what she will because it's, it's in her, her body, her choice. Okay, I'll play along. We're going to use that paradigm because that is the paradigm. If you are a pro-choicer, my body, my choice, her body, her choice. As soon as my genetic information, which she needs to conceive, goes inside of her, she made the decision because women have access 100% to intimacy, right? A woman knows who she's going to put in the friend zone. A woman knows who, de who, she, who she decides, okay, I might be intimate with this one, depending on how he acts or whatever. If he says and does all the right things, I think I'll give him a shot. I may give him a shot. He has no shot. He has no shot. He has no shot. And men have to find a way to figure out where they are with women that they are attracted to, that they want to mate with or slash procreate with. But women have 100% autonomy over this process. So, so I just want to sort of push back on the idea of the oppression, repression, suppression when it comes to certain things that go on in our society. Because if we let certain Western women tell it, you would think that they were in Mumbai right now or they were part of the bring back our girls out there, Boko Haram in Central Africa. That's not what's going on in America and Canada. <laughs> OK, no, not for I'm sorry, not for Anglo women. Maybe if you're an, if you're a Native American, yes. If you're a Native American woman right now, you are under siege, and I feel for you. As a matter of fact, me and my, my fiancé, we may be going to a Native American a reservation at some point this summer, summer of 2022, uh, because she donates her funds and things like that to this Native American reservation. I'm like, you know what? We have to finally go there and, and you know, do something, contribute. I don't know. So, but if you're a Native American girl, you are being kidnapped and no one cares. You are being raped and no one cares. You are being killed. You are being disappeared and no one cares. Your, your, your suicide rates are rampant, one of the highest suicide rates in this country. If not, no one cares. But if you're an Anglo woman in America, you have it as well as any human being has ever had it on Earth. Just saying. If you're an Anglo woman in America, it's a good time to be alive in, in the 21st century. It's a good it's a great time to be alive. Very few people have the privileges of having access to the men, especially if they are attractive, if they know how to leverage their sexual marketplace value correctly. They can find themselves in very, very, very privileged positions. You can go from a waitress with a name tag to pushing a, 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 a nice G-Wagon and being a soccer mom. It can happen like that if you play your cards correctly. Not many people can do that. And you don't have to know anything more than you already know to get there as far as credentials. You don't have to know anything that you have to be able to put on a piece of paper. Just saying, that's how good it is to be in the first world right now, a first world Anglo-American female in 2022, in the 21st century in the United States. I move on. So relationships, or as far as intimacy is concerned, women control that. 
you can be actively engaged in an, in, a, in an intimate act with a woman. If she says no, you must, while you're in the, you must stop. Whether you are engaged in full motion or not, if she says no, I don't want to do this anymore, stop immediately. Don't make another move. Don't even sneeze. Freeze. Allow her to move. Be like, I'm not moving. Oh, no, no, no. You move. I don't want to make any furtive, any movements that could be misinterpreted. You move. I'm good. That's the autonomy that a woman has over situations as it pertains to intimacy. A man at that point is literally following her lead. She's giving you access. Happens like that in the wild. A man has to fight and fend off all the other men, all the other males of his species. To, then he fancies himself an alpha or proves himself alpha and worthy to mate and procreate. And that woman's DNA and that woman's that that female of the species encoded in their biological DNA, they say this one is the one that's going to help pro protect and provide. And it's going this is the strongest of that species. And through that, our species will thrive. Our descendants will thrive. Okay? Women do the same thing. The human the human mammal does the same exact thing. But what I'm trying to say is women have a lot of control, a lot more control than the narrative reports. Way more control than the narrative reports. So when I hear this men FaceTime and she's throwing up her arms and rolling her eyes, I, I smiled. I said, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. That's not accurate when you represent the majority of the voters who voted over the last almost 40 years, 36 years or so. When you when you represent most of the college students in this country in the gold collar professions that change things, medical field, law field. In education, overwhelmingly, you guys are the teachers or the principals or the chairs of departments or the superintendents of school systems. Wait a minute. Mm -mm -mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And so when you see men, oh, men, yeah, wise men build and wise men destroy. Wise men build and wise men destroy. And that's what I said to us. I said, wise men build. And it's funny because I got that line. It was from a song <laughs> from my favorite artist or my favorite hip hop artist, Nas. It's a song called Take It In Blood off the It Was Written album. Yeah, I think the year of that, the year that, album came out was 1996 and it was like and i think the last verse he said wise men build and destroy and i and i think the only time i ever heard something like that was when i was reading i think it was the quran i was reading i'm not entirely sure if i was reading something through the hadith or someone who was muslim told me that a year or two before Nas said it so when i heard it i always thought it was extremely profound when someone just said wise men, they build and they destroy, they build things and they destroy the same things they build. And that person left it at that and moved on to something else. But I remember expanding on it, thinking to myself, wow, it's true. I thought about Albert Einstein. I thought about, you know, Oppenheimer. I thought about Max Planck and the quark. I thought about the science and technology and, 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 and um, uh, the same camera that I use, you know, um, to, to just take a picture of my family. Someone's using it to take pictures of me for other reasons. And I just thought about all these other things going on in the world, nuclear energy and electricity. And it's true. Wise men build and the same apparatus that's inside of them, the same impetus, the same compulsion to build and to be the first and to be the innovator, to be the person that's going to change the world for the better is the other person. 
that's saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this and we can use this. And then you have men out there that say, I need you now to weaponize whatever this thing is that you built. That person may say, no, I don't want to do that. And it's like, hey, well, I'll give you a ton of money for it. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, that's what you do. You went from wanting to change the world for the better for now changing the world and negatively impacting the world, you know, uh, and that's. But all of these men have mothers. So behind every good man, there's a good woman, that good mama, that good grandma, that good uh, uh, sister or that good girlfriend or wife. Yeah, that mother has to take responsibility for Adolf Hitler the same way you take responsibility for, you know, uh, 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 Albert Einstein. Oppenheimer and Edison, you get an atom bomb and you get electricity. It's the same. It's the same. And I really want in this new world, I want to know how we're going to divvy out accountability because in America, oh, here we go. Sensitive time in America, we live in a consumer capitalist country. After September 11th, within a week after September 11th, then Mayor Rudolph Giuliani and then President George Bush II, which is what I like to call him. Uh, he calls himself George W. I call himself George Bush II because we already had your dad as president. You should have never been president. We don't have a monarchy. We have, you know, we have an electoral process with over 300 million citizens, and we, we shouldn't have fathers and sons being president. But anyway, brief digression. I remember both George Bush II and Rudolph Giuliani getting on television telling me to go shopping. That was their major... Uh, uh, slogan for the American people. That was their major message. That was the, the crux of their message to the American public. Go out there and shop. Don't be afraid to spend money. And I just remember thinking to myself, are these guys serious? Like, I'm, in New, I'm a New Yorker. I'm in New York City at the time. I was supposed to be in Manhattan that day. I spoke about that in one of my previous episodes. And then a couple of weeks later, this cat's telling me to go back to the store and shop. That's all you have? And I just smiled. I wasn't outraged. I wasn't disturbed. I just understood. I, under, I understood where I was. And I looked at that and I said, wow, look at that. Because our job in this country is to spend, spend, spend. It's not to save, 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 or invest, invest, invest. Because men, we buy big ticket items. But women spend more. But men buy bigger and more expensive things. What do I mean by that? A man will buy a boat. A man will buy a plane. A man will buy a Ferrari. That's men. So we'll spend that money. Big ticket item. Boom. We'll buy the biggest TV with the biggest sound stage. A woman will be more concerned with how nice something looks. She'll go, I like this Mini Cooper because I like the color. It's sporty. And she'll use a word. It's cute. A man won't buy it. He'd be like, nah, I don't want that. I want the, I want the Hellcat because it makes a lot of noise and it's manly and I'm looking to impress other dudes with it and impress chicks. And, and, but mostly impress other dudes because women don't know what a Hellcat you know, is anyway. But a guy will be like, oh man, you Hellcat. Yeah, and we stand around <clears throat> bars at Saturday afternoon, 11 o'clock a.m., you know, we have our, our hoods up of our cars and for other guys to walk by and grunt and beat our chests and uh, good engine, V8, ooh, turbo. That's what we do. We buy big ticket items. However, women, you have home shopping network, home shopping clubs where the television is on 24 hours a day and you have people yamming products down your throat. 
You get your nails done. You get your hair different. You get your different lotions, your different perfumes, your different everything. You go into any department store and the men's section is this tiny little section off to the left somewhere. Couple of aisles. The women's section is the whole 98% of the store that's left over. That's what women do. So think about what I just said. We live in a consumer capitalist society. We are not taught how to invest in this country. We are not taught how to save in this country. You go from six years old to 18 years old. You don't know how to balance your checkbook or do anything. There are no classes on stocks, investing, the Dow, that little ticket ticker tape that goes across your screen when you're watching Bloomberg, when, when, when your favorite news outlet tells you that, oh, Wall Street, the Dow was up. Most people have zero idea in their life what the heck the Dow is. At 18 years old, they ask you to go fight for God and country. They give you a driver's license, so you get a driver's license. You have the right to vote. You have to go right to enter into the military, go fight for God and empire. But you don't know a thing about this country financially. He just kept pumping into you how it was the greatest country on earth. But that's all you know. That's all you know. That we wear the white hat. We have the white horse. That's all you know. Okay? So this consumer society that's taught to spend, spend, spend. Spend on things you don't need. Because God forbid you would just take a minute and go, you know what? I don't need that. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to cook. I'm not going through any drive throughs This thing that I own right now, I'm going to wait for it to get completely old before I change it. I don't need the new thing because the old thing that I have still works. I'm going to use that money. I'm going to put that money in a vacation fund, in a this, in a that, in a, in a portfolio. I'm going to send that money to my financial advisor. I'm trying to put $5,000 a year into a particular. Oh, no, no one wants that. We need you at the store, 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 commercial, commercial, commercial. That's why they said, they said, that's why there's no Lamborghini and Ferrari commercials on TV. Because people who own Lamborghinis and Ferraris don't have time to watch TV. They make the stuff that you want to buy and they put those commercials on TV. They own companies and they own stocks and companies that you guys are, or, or us are constantly purchasing, purchasing. Okay. So in a society that women spend the most money on things, okay, more, more often than men, they're the ones buying the plants and the candles and the lights and the window treatments and the sheets and the pillows and the, and, and the different picture frames and the, and, and the different books. And, oh, this is decorative. I like this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to put this on the thing and, and then I'm put it around the thing and I got the other thing. I'm like, babe, why are you changing it? The other thing looked fine. Oh, no, no, no. It's old now. It looks good to me. Yeah, 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 because you're a guy. You don't see that. Right. Consumer capitalism knows that. The business world knows that, that the man is going to hold on to it for a long time. The woman is going to say, this is old. I want something new. And they use their commercial consumerism to tap into a woman's emotions and to get her to go by. So with that being said, the reason why a lot of truths in this country aren't told to women it's because selling the lie is way more lucrative than telling the truth. I know. Selling the beautiful lie is more lucrative than telling them the ugly truth. That's where we are right now. So a lot of the things that I'm speaking about, you're never going to hear a women really talk about it on the air. Because women are going to tune them out. And if a woman tunes out 
these shows or these publications that are saying these things, guess what? The advertiser loses access to that woman. Whoa. What commercials are out there for men? Think about it. Car commercial, beer commercial, maybe insurance. That's about it. That's about it. And now with women, the majority of the college graduates are dot, 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 women. The majority of the medical students right now are women. The majority of the uh, 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 lawyers are going to be women. Obviously, already in the humanities and education, the majority of the people graduating from that field are dot, 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 women. So that means women are going to be in better positions to be buying higher ticket items as well as doing what they've been doing, spending above their means in this country, which is what all Americans do, not just women, all of us. Male or female, young or old, we spend way above our means in this country. We have the least amount of savings in the first world. That's the truth. Look it up. The people who have the least amount of savings money in their savings accounts in the first world are Americans. We're at the top of the list. I think we're top two or three. Last I checked some years back. Whoa. We don't save. We spend. We throw dollars. You you ever watch a hip-hop video from the last 10 years? And you see a dude throwing money at the screen and people go, that looks so gauche. That looks so, uh, that's so tacky. It's so classless. People, you know, people denigrate them for it. I personally don't agree with it. Don't like it. First of all, I don't even listen to that type of music anyway. And I don't listen to the kind of music from a person that would throw the money at the screen. That's not even my vibe. But anyway, but that's what Americans do on a whole. They're just in their way. That's how they interpret consumer capitalism. They just throw it in the air because that's what we do. We throw money at the screen when we watch TV, when we're watching the home shopping network and we pick up our cell phones and we call for item number 877 of blah, blah, blah. Is that not throwing money at the screen? Is that not the same thing? It's the same thing. They're interpreting it differently, but it's you may not like their interpretation, but that's what they're doing. So what I'm saying is. If you're looking for truths about this gender gap and gender, I'm looking for gender accountability where I don't care who's getting paid. But yeah, yeah. Make all the wages 50 50. Make all the wages 50. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, equal. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't believe I don't believe that, they're, you know, that a man should get paid more for certain jobs than a woman. If a woman is doing the exact same job with the exact same proficient proficiency level or better than a male, then I don't even, I don't even understand that conversation. Like how, how do we allow things to get like that? But let's call it what it is. We don't live in a society where women want all the jobs because let's look at auto mechanics. Do you, do you see any conversation on your local, you know, uh, television or your, 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 um, public radio, whatever it is, or whatever it is, do you hear anybody saying, yeah, we don't have enough female mechanics in this country and we're really looking to make a change in that way? No, women have a choice to choose and women are choosing. What are they choosing? They're choosing to be doctors and they go and they take the MCAT and they go to medical school. They want to be lawyers. They take the LSAT. They want to be, they want master's degrees in social work and they take the, the licensure, MSW. They want to be MAs. They take the GRE, the GMAT. They're not going to become auto mechanics. Why? Because only 5% of auto mechanics in this country are women. 95% of all United States auto mechanics are men. And that's not because women are um, discouraged from going into that field. Women don't want to get those nails dirty. And I'm not being chauvinistic when I say that because women spend a great deal of money on what? Their hands. Something I've never understood. 
I clip my I clip my nails. I keep it moving. Women will spend hundreds of dollars just for decorating their nails. And the business world knows that. And it will keep, oh, yeah, we got this link and that. And we're using this hyperperma ink, whatever, whatever. It's airbrushing and, 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 and rhinestones and, 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 and bedazzling the nails. And you're like, what? And my, my fiance will come up to me sometimes and go, hey, look at my nails. Are they nice? And I'm like, yeah. You didn't notice my nails. You didn't notice. Oh, yeah. Kind of out of my purview, sort of. I noticed your hair looks nice. You look beautiful today. But my nails, it's not about my nails. I'm like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. My, uh, yeah, they're, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. I, I like them. They're all nice. Ooh, ooh. Oh, it kind of matches your shirt. Oh, and I got to sit there and act like I really care. I don't. You look nice. Your nails are nice. Your nails aren't dirty. They're shiny. I mean, what am I? But that's the world that we're in. 5% of auto mechanics are women. Where's the push to become an auto mechanic? How about construction? Only one out of 100 employees working in a construction site are women. Why not? This world is in, this country is in need of streets being rebuilt and this, that, and the third. Do you want to be out in, in, in New York winter with a jackhammer? Do you want to be out in Oklahoma winter when it's a minus eight degrees? Do you want to be out in a Chicago winter with, when in the Windy City and work on a bridge? Hmm? Do you want to do that job? Obviously not. Obviously not. Okay? So women make up 10% of that construction industry, but they only make up 1% of the people that are actually at the construction site. Because where are they? They're in bookkeeping. They chose bookkeeping. They, they may be in accounting, maybe on the business end, but are they on the ground? No, it's not desirable. Because in this country, you get to choose what fields. Because like I just told you, the most powerful field to enter into in this country, the most influential field, is the law field. So if there was real, I'm sorry, I don't want to say if it would, there was real, but if there was repression, oppression, and suppression to the degree that the narrative would have you believe, then women would not be allowed to enter into the most influential profession in mass and become the majority student in that profession. Yes, I said it. That's another kind of conversation. I know. It's going to be difficult for you to hear on the air. They can't. Those commercial breaks are for women. Women turn off the station, and if the ratings come back and go, oh, yeah, after June's segment, women just turned the channel and went to another channel that's subsidizing them and selling them the lie. Why do I have to listen to the ugly truth when I could just turn this cat off, this big head bald dude off and turn the channel and get sold the lie? I don't need to be told the truth. You see what I'm saying out there, people? So if, if, if the oppression, repression, and suppression of American women were at the degree that women say it is, they would not be allowed to enter in the most influential profession in the United States, which is the legal field and the, the medical field. And at, at this point in time, in 2022, the majority of medical students are women. The majority of medical law students are, are women. Bang. The majority of college graduates are women within four years boom men are taking at least six plus years six and six years to graduate boom and the longer you take to get earn your degree the lower the likelihood that you will actually earn that degree that's how it works 
The longer you take, if it's a four-year degree, you do it in four or less, four, four and a half tops. If you're going into the fifth year and you're taking semesters off and et cetera, et cetera, oh, life has a tendency of moving you out of that direction. All of a sudden, life has a t- takes on a, a life of its own, <laughs> pardon the pun, and before you know it, you're, you're not in school anymore, and then you had to go get a job, and someone got sick, or, and then before you, or you got married, or someone got pregnant, you got pregnant, or you got someone pregnant. There you go. Things change. And for guys, longer they take, the lower the likelihood. That's, that's, that's the way it's working. So right now we live in a country where we're being told, ah, men, but hey, you guys voted for these guys. According to the electorate, according to the stats, since 1984, most of the electorate has been women voting. The most active uh, voter has been women. Oh, whoa. So that means a lot of these, dare I say, a lot of this, can, can we start saying, hey, gals, what's up? What are you guys doing? Yo, man, you guys are voting more. You guys got all the gigs. You, you know, you guys got everything. You guys are in control. I th- is it going to be different? We can't keep using that, that men. If behind every man, there's a good man, there's a good woman. I noticed that the equivocation or the qualifier is good. So you're saying behind every good man or great man, there's a good or great woman. What about the bad men and the evil men? Is there an evil woman behind them? Is there someone? Where's that? That's what I mean. We're going to have to start now splitting the blame. Splitting the blame because each and every last one of these men that destroy came out of a woman. When I look at the stats all across the board, 1% of of women actually are on a construction site. One out of every 100 employees working on a construction site is a woman. Okay, so what does that mean? I, I, I think of HVAC, you know, that with the heating, uh, ventilation, air conditioning, cooling, HVAC. You can make a lot of money being an HVAC. You can make a lot. Of, there's a lot of single women out there right now that are working, single mothers that are working in retail at Dollar Trees and, 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 and uh, uh Coffee drive through windows, you know, barely making Barris the money, 10, 11, 12 bucks an hour. Meanwhile, they could go and become an auto mechanic and become proficient at that and have a skill that they can take anywhere and then become an entrepreneur. You can not only work for someone, but then you can decide to work on your own and freelance and then open up your own shop. You have entrepreneurial opportunities. I don't hear anyone. I don't hear anything. Hashtag boss chick. Hashtag auto mechanic or hashtag sexy auto hashtag boss chick fix your car fix it i don't see none of that it's hair nails esthetician i'm doing lashes i'm doing lace fronts i'm doing this i'm doing that i'm 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 in education all the fields that are with all due respect you don't have to get your hands dirty but there are men out there working on oil rigs right now you know you have you have an offshore oil rig you can make a lot of money i'll give you guys a story give you guys a story Right. As a matter of fact, oil rigs, yeah, 90% of them are men. And offshore oil rigs, that means you're on an oil drilling station that's in the middle of the ocean. I heard it's some of the hardest, harshest work ever. I'm going to give you guys a story. This is years ago when I was living in New York, right? Friend of mine. <laughs> so funny because in New York, you're constantly looking for schemes, scam, anything to make money, you know, because it's, that's the kind of city it is. You're looking to double, triple up on your money. Someone came to us and was like, yo, we can make a lot of money if we go work in Alaska. 
I'm like, okay, what you mean? What do you mean a lot of money? He's like, yeah, we can make a lot of money. I heard, you know, there's this, there's this company that, you know, they recruit people in the States as long as you don't have, as long as you have a clean driving record and a clean criminal background, they'll hire you, whatever, whatever. And then you can make like 80 to $100,000 your first year, but you got to sign a one-year contract. You don't get any of your money until the end of that year. I think you get a certain signing bonus and then, you know, you get room and board and some meals, but, um, you don't get the the majority of your money is at the end of the contract. So it's very uh, back heavy, back end heavy. And I said to myself, Alaska, all I know about Alaska at the time that this guy is having this conversation with me is that they're Eskimos. There are native Alaskans up there, polar bears, uh, some salmon, and it's frozen solid. I'm already not a fan of New York cold. And you're telling me I got to go to a place that gets 50 degrees lower than where I'm at right now. And I got to work on an oil rig or some sort of thing that was in a lot. And he said, yeah, man, they're paying a lot of money, man. I got to connect. And I'm saying, and I remember saying it to my friend. I looked at him and I said, are you serious about this? I said, because I would hate to get involved in this and you not go because this is Alaska. This isn't Canada. This isn't, you know, some place where it's, you know, you know lot going on i mean i hear alaska i'm like it was frozen it was, don't they spend half of the year in darkness and he's like yeah man but it's 100 g's at the end of the end i was like yeah i said if you say you'll go for sure i'll see what i can do and recruit some people to come along because he said he'd get money if i signed on and then i could get money if i get someone else to sign on etc etc and i said huh you know who i recruited i recruited girls because i'm saying to myself I'm not trying to be a year without girls. I know it's 100,000. So I went to some girls I knew that were cute. And I'm like, hey, you." and I sold it to them. I said, hey, listen, a friend of mine has this job opportunity. We can go to Alaska. They're hiring women. They're hiring men. It's, it's open to women and men. All right. $100,000 at the end of the year. 12-month contract. I think it's a 13 or 13-month contract. $100,000. Boom, they just hand you money. I said, but we got to work hard. I said, but I'm thinking, you know, guys, you know, girls, we all go up together. I, I hang out, you know, I contact all my single ladies that I know and, you know, my single guys. And we go up there. At least we won't be bored. We'll have each other. You know what I mean? We'll, you know, hang out, whatever. And they were like, that sounds like a lot of work. And it sounds cold. It sounds dirty. It sounds dangerous. And no, I I approached about 10 girls about this, seriously pitched it to them the way I'm pitching it to you now, as if it was a great opportunity for us to make money, take care of our families, pay off our families' mortgages, if anything, blah, 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 pay for school outright, whatever we want to do with our lives. I pitched it. I pitched it better than any commercial or the probably the recruiter could. Every one of them said no. Out of all the dudes I approached, about half, about 60% of them said, heck yeah. The friend of mine that I that that gave me the contact or the information, I you know, he disappeared off the face of the earth. I think he went to Alaska at that point, but he really didn't. He had he had some family issues and he came back around a couple of months later and we were like, Yo, what happened with that thing? He said, Oh, that fell through. But I was dead serious. I was willing to do whatever dangerous work that was out there to make that money. And the women around me were like, No, I don't have to do that. I'm good. It sounds dangerous. It doesn't sound desirable. It didn't sound desirable to me to be without women because I didn't know if I was like Alaska, Eskimos, you know, not these penguins, Eskimos, polar bears, and, and, and maybe some fresh salmon. That's it. 
and darkness and 50 to 50 minus 50 degree weather. It's going to be the most unpleasant experience of my life. And I'm going and I'm willing to entertain it just because of that carrot at the end of it. At the at the very end, when I fulfill my contractual duties, that's when I'm willing to to say, OK, it was it worth it or not? Do I want to stay on with it for another contract or not? I was willing to do it. So these jobs. Nobody else wants them. These jobs, these bridge building, HVAC, fixing, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, cooling. You can have your own van and then all of a sudden you're making money. Nobody wants those jobs but the guys. So what I'm looking for in this new world of equality talk, I want to see more women wanting to be auto mechanics. We can all use a good, honest, competent auto mechanic. There's no such thing as a, as a surplus of that. Okay, there's no surplus unless you're going to JPR Auto in um, Palm Beach and Lake Park. You know, that's a someone who I take my car to and he's honest, he's competent, he's fair, he's excellent. So, yeah, if, you, if you're in Palm Beach, go to JPR over there on North Lake Boulevard. It's a good guy. Okay, tell him June sent you. But besides that, I don't, you know, I remember in New York, there was a shortage of guys that I could actually just count on, just count on them. So the more people that are proficient in that field, it's going to up the quality level in that field, up the, um, the standard and best practices. And that way, the ones who aren't so competent or at least consistent will fall by the wayside. And that's what happens when more people in the more demographic and more women and more everybody goes in. So what I'm looking for right now, I'm not just looking for women to be the majority in these fields. I'm looking for you to reinvent the conversation of these fields. Like when I was talking about with maternity leave, it's not enough that you become CEO of these companies. All the women now are so upset that, you know, there are more, more CEOs or men than, than, than women. Okay, but are you going to fundamentally change the fact that your female employees are not getting maternity leave? We have a great deal of, uh, what do you call it, uh, outspoken of uh, female politicians now I don't hear Hillary Clinton doing a whole lot about that right I don't hear Kamala Harris speaking a whole lot about that I didn't hear Michelle Obama speaking a whole lot about that there's a whole lot of people stumping but they're not speaking about fundamental issues that are that are central to their gender it seems like they want to be included but they don't want to change the way the game is played they just want to play the game such as it's played and to me that's not diversity we had this conversation around episode one or two. I think it was New York State of Mind or the inclusion, the, the, the delusion of inclusion. And that's what I want to see change. I want to see the whole conversation change. That when things go wrong, we're blaming women just as much as we're blaming men because we can. If between the ages of zero and seven, if you give me the child, I will show you the man. And between the ages of zero and seven, the first teacher is the mother, the female, the first cook is the mother the female the first nurse is the mother the female the first counselor is the mother the female that's the person that's kissing your boo-boo telling you it's going to be okay comforting you counseling you uplifting you encouraging you whatever feeding you clothes that's the woman teaching you say please say thank you say sorry say this say that repeat it's your mom so when these men don't come out to be as desirable as we all would like them to be it's easy to just put the blame on him but the man was, you show me the boy between zero to seven and I will show you the man. Give me the child between zero and seven and I will show you the man. This is real talk. So what I'm looking for now is 
equal accountability, not just equal access, not just equal opportunity. I want equal accountability. That's the word that's missing from this whole conversation. Because I personally am like, hey, wait, when I did my maternity leave, um, you know, can women have it all segment, you know, you know, there was a little bit of pushback, but a lot of women understood where I was coming from. But when I was saying, you know, en enough about the subsidized daycare, enough about that. Let's talk about the maternity leave with with more women in in, in, being HR managers, with more women being VP and presidents of HR, with more women being in, in high ranking in corporate. What's up with the different conversation? change the way corporate has been doing business over the last, I don't know, 70, 80 years or so or more. This 40 hour work week, this eight hour work day, it's antiquated five days straight on consecutively, then two days off. People been burnt out. I have female friends that just graduated at 23, 24 years old and at 30 right now, they're fried. They're fried. They're like, I, I don't know how people do this over 30, 40 years. I was like, exactly. It's, and I'm saying, you're in corporate now. If the women want to change the conversation, the conversation can be had right now. But it's going to take equal accountability. So then I can sit back and go now and go, hey, ladies, you, you're making up most of the lawyers. You're making up most of the doctors. You're most of the teachers. You're going to be most of the principals, most of the vice principals right now. And yet the work week is still 50 hours a week. The work week is still this. The work day is still over eight hours when it should be closer to five of the working day. That work-life balance, it's supposed to be the women out there speaking on that. I'm not supposed to have a female manager asking me if I can stay late. She's supposed to be going home, too, to take care of her family. Ooh. We're supposed to reroute industry the way we did it when we went from a six-day work week to a five. When Henry Ford introduced the five-day work week, people, his, his industrialist colleagues and his business colleagues wanted to hang him, calling him a socialist, calling him everything. He said, no, we need a little bit more work-life balance. My employees deserve it. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You're going you're gonna to change production. We're not going to be able to produce as much as we need to produce, produce, produce. Trying to turn man into a machine. We already have machines doing so much work and we're still working hard. These machines were supposed to free us from labor. That was what they sold us. That was the carrot that they sold us in the beginning of computers and technology. When human beings were afraid that these machines were going to replace them. And the spokesmen for technological advancement said that, oh, no, this is going to free up the human being to enter into a new phase of humanity where you get to explore your different uh, endeavors. You are not going to be tethered to your labor anymore. You can have different side hobbies and have them flourish. For all you know, you can become a chess champion late in life because you weren't able to do it as a child. No longer will you have to be tethered to your job for eight, nine, ten hours a day. You will be able to have the computer do some of your job and you will do some other things and move on wrong the, the work day is longer now than it was in the 70s yeah now you have your phone and your laptop and you're working and you live further and further away from the business centers because you can't afford to live right there with the business center that means and i've told you before commuting to work is work Getting to work on time is work and you should be paid for that 30 minutes or so. People think I'm crazy when I say that. I know, but it's true. So what I'm saying now in this new era that we're entering into, 
I, I don't want to hear the word men and the eyes rolling in America. Yeah, you can say that in Africa. You can say that if you're being trafficked to Dubai. Yeah, you, you can say that in certain parts of South America and in, in, in certain parts of the world in India and central, certain parts of Central and Southeast Asia where it's like, oh my gosh, you cannot be a woman and go down the street and go to the bus in broad daylight just to go to school at nine years old. You're going to have a problem. Yeah, you can say that in certain places. But here, yeah, 50, 50 plus percent are law students. 50 plus percent are, are f more than 50 percent are law students. Or more than 50 are, are, are women. 50 percent of the law, more than 50 percent of the medical students are women. About 55 to 60 percent of the, the, the bachelor's degree holders are, are, are female. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? The people who are going to be able to buy the high ticket items and the big ticket items are going to be women overwhelmingly over the next t 10, to 10 to 20 years. Play their cards right. So you can fundamentally shift it right now. You can take that five day, five day work week that Henry Ford introduced to the to the Ford employee. And you can add you can you can say, no, we're going to four now. Just like I think it's Iceland or something like that. Iceland went to a four day work week, said it's actually raised production up far as um productivity and and their happiness index amongst their populace you gotta understand we're living in a we're living in a depressed and distracted society so you want to this depressed distracted needs to be de-stressed they need less work not more and the people who i'm looking at now and i'm putting the onus to make it happen are the women are the women who are going to give birth to the next men and the next women those, the ones who have to be part of these families. Because, yeah, guess what? When you're at work eight, nine, ten hours a day, your child is not being taken care of by you. So that access that you're supposed to have to your child from zero to seven years, you might be giving it up to someone else, some $10 an hour worker who doesn't know your child and has to take care of a bunch of other kids, too. We're going to discuss that a little bit next time. But that's what's important right here I wanted to get to get to. Equal opportunity for women and equal access for women and equal pay for women also means equal accountability for the state of our union. You can't just have a bad man out there in the world doing bad things and another bad man doing bad things and go, huh, men, and, and not acknowledge that that man had a mom, that that mom had access to him more than any other human being for a several years. And that m boy turned into that man She's also responsible. She was responsible for how that boy ate and slept and everything. But she's also responsible for how that man turned out. She was responsible for clothing him at one point, feeding him, nursing him, sheltering him. And how that man turns out, she plays a part in that as well. We're going to talk about equal accountability next episode. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.